It's show 122 of the Rim Pro Report. Today, uh, the industry news and Tom Dumez. Uh, this show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. 31 years ago, a software product was born, which was the first commercially available record storage software. Way back then, it was called RS-DOS. Uh, this software package introduced barcoding into the then record center commercial operations. Tim O'Neill, the founder, was told his software would never catch on. And you know what? They were wrong. The spirit of leading the industry and developing new cutting-edge opportunities continues to, the, to this day at O'Neill. And if you want to learn more about them and that spirit, you can do so at O'NeillSoft.com. Well, I think it's time to go, go, go. Get the show going, Tom. Get it going. Go. Welcome to the Rim Pro Report. The one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim support services industry. Hustling with news, views, and the latest updates. This show is full of interesting information. So take notes. Now here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, it's me and we're back. Welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. We're well into January now. I know I'm feeling it. I'm feeling like everybody's back in the groove. And uh, I hope you're getting back in the groove as well. Today we're going to catch up with the one and only Tom Dumez. Tom has had some changes recently in what he's doing and we're going to catch up with him about that and those changes and then I want to check in with him on all things compliance. We've had Tom on the show a few times over the last few years but I think it's more important than ever to have your compliance ducks in a row so this will be a great way to catch up on how to make sure your ducks are lined up but before we get there let's get caught up on the latest industry news. Well, it's kind of unusual on this show to not mention acquisitions, and uh, well, today is no different. We're going to do it again. Another round of acquisition news. Access has announced the addition of two more companies at the end of 2012. The first was FileSafe of Jacksonville, Florida, and the second was the Records Management Division of Sheeler Moving and Storage of Ventura, California. FileSafe assets will be moved to the Access facility in Jacksonville, while the Ventura Access will maintain the record storage facility currently housed in the Sheeler Acquisition Records building. Congratulations to Access on these latest acquisitions. And then just to keep it going, Cornerstone Records Management also announced the acquisition of DocuShred USA headquartered in Buffalo. DocuShred serves the western New York State area, so congratulations to Cornerstone on this, their latest acquisition. Coradata of California has opened its newest record center in Corona, California. This is 150 thousand square foot facility with a capacity of two million to million records. The new facility will service a Riverside, San Bernardino, Palm Springs, and the surrounding area. So congratulations to Coradata on their new building. California seems to be growing. Looks like Store Retrieve from Montebello, California, is expanding and has opened a new record center in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Store Retrieve is part of the 220 Records family of companies. So congratulations to them on this new expansion. And good news for Titan. Mobile Shredding based in Philadelphia area. They've been named to the Philadelphia 100 for the second year running. This year they are ranked 54th in the fastest growing privately held companies in the greater Philadelphia region. They were 87th last year, so two stellar years for Titan. Congratulations to Don Adrianson and Bob Leventhal on this great accomplishment. And that's all for this week. If you have news you want to share, drop me a line. If you're just about to be acquired, 
acquired or you're about to acquire someone and you want to share it. If you've won a major award, if you're doing some cool stuff, if you're building a new building, the best place to do that is right here on the Rim Pro Report. So drop me a line. Let me know what's going on. I'm going to get Tom Dumas on the line. Hang on tight while I do. Tom Dumas is on the line. Tom, are you there? I'm here, Tom. Thanks for having me on the show again. Oh, it's so good to have you back. And uh, you're a regular on the show. We love having you on the show because you come back and you fill us in on what's going on. And as one of the few other consultants in the industry that's still actively present doing stuff, uh, I, I'm excited to have you on on a regular basis just to kind of catch up and, and know what's happening. But I want to start uh, this conversation as we start this new year, because uh, you got some new stuff going on. So, uh, Tom the Hippa Man, give us an update on what's going on in your world in the last uh, month or so. Oh, Tom, I'd love to. I uh, and I'll try to keep it as brief as I can. But uh, as of uh, the end of the year, I uh, have have uh, left my employment at Kent Record Management here in Grand Rapids and uh, started my own company called Prime Compliance and. And so that's always exciting. Uh, it's been scary, uh, yeah. as people know that have uh, have decided to start their own businesses. It uh, has a tendency to bring on some sleepless nights. But once you work through all the fear and and just uh, builds up your confidence, I think that yeah, I think it's going to be a great thing. And I'm excited, and uh, and my former employers are excited for me. So it's it's fantastic. It's been a win win all the way around. So Prime Compliance is really is a solo consulting agency is i guess what you're doing yeah that's correct yeah it's just me i'm kind of a one-trick pony here okay but you're you got some good tricks so uh (laughs) the the sort of focus that you're taking is working with uh record centers shredding companies scanning and imaging data protection companies you you name it companies uh whether they be in the service space or whether they actually be outside of the service space and you teach them and train their staff and employees on Compliance related issues. Am I correct in that? You are absolutely correct. I, if uh, if someone wants to go see my logo, um, just go to thehippaman.com and and you'll see that uh, we designed the logo to resemble or or to impact the rim industry. The, the word prime has a small p and a small e at the other end, and capital R I M in a different color because that's that that's still my focus. That's been yeah. my focus for three plus years and. Uh, I want to continue that. So, um, yeah, it's been fun. I just have had the opportunity to get into so many places and just meet so many cool and tremendous people. I think uh, the timing was right to do this, and uh, uh, most importantly, I had the support of my wife, so we're rocking and rolling with it. Very cool. Well, let's then move, and congratulations. I have to say a huge congratulations. I think you've been doing really cool stuff in the industry for, like you said, the last three years, and I've had the opportunity to kind of watch you emerge on the scene and it's been fun to watch you emerge and really make your mark on an industry and now you know the next stage is going out and doing that on your own in in your own way and exploring all the opportunities that come with that so I've got to say from my perspective a huge congratulations and and I'm a huge big believer in setting out and doing your own thing as a entrepreneur and so I'm I'm really proud of you too that's great news that you're doing that. Well, thank you, Tom. It certainly hasn't come without your support over the years. You and I have had many, many conversations where you questioned uh, me a few years ago and said, how come you're not doing this on your own? And, <laughs> Sorry. And so, uh, <laughs> no, 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 don't be. Thank you. It's uh, 
but that just kind of got the juices flowing, and, and our conversations over the years has led to this uh, partially. So I, I have to thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, let's then move into uh, compliance because I know in our industry, this thing just never goes away and it's why your business continues to be so valuable. But I, I want to step back a little bit because we did this about a year ago. We talked through this, but I, the world keeps changing. It keeps evolving. And what I think is also interesting is you've had the opportunity to sit in front and work with a whole bunch of different companies across a range of industries and across a, a range of, of types of situations and so first I kind of want to go back and say where have you seen significant improvement in the rim industry the rim service industry as it relates to understanding and being aware of compliance and then how it's being implemented at an employee level give me a sense of the changes and transitions you've seen over the last year I think the biggest one Tom is the the awareness uh, by the industry by members of the industry uh, when it comes to compliance a couple years ago it was it seemed to me that, that there were people that just grabbed onto this and, and they wanted to learn more. They wanted to, you know, lower their risks by having their people trained. And, but there was a group of people, a large group of people, that, that really kind of avoided it. And I just, uh, to this day, I am just contacted on a really regular basis by people that previously showed no interest. So hmm. I, I think the willingness to want to help their people uh, a lower risk, which which helps the employee, it helps the company, and, and it, it brings people up to speed of what's really happening out there with HIPAA and high tech. And, and it's just another law. It's not that scary, but I got to tell you, people are scared of it. And I try real hard not to sell my training based on fear, but the reality is that this is some scary stuff once I get in there and start talking to them and, mm. and talking to their people. With the high tech changes that are coming up, long anticipated, long overdue, I'm hoping they'll be uh, released by the end of quarter one, but we'll have to wait and see. It's the government, so you never can tell. But right. that's going to also involve some things. They're allegedly going to change the, the fines and penalties structure. Breach notification is likely to change. The accounting of disclosures is, is changing. There's just a number of things contained in this new law. And so I'll have to wait and see what the final law actually says, but I anticipate some changes with that. One of the other things I'm seeing is PCI compliance is starting to become pretty huge as well. Really? I was just up in Minneapolis uh, doing a training up there yesterday, and uh, the owner of, of that record management company, he wants to. He, he told me he has to be PCI compliant. He just lost a client that actually was a, a potential client uh, simply because he wasn't PCI compliant. So we spent an hour talking about what that means and what needs to happen and all that. So okay, the regulatory. So, so let, let's let's just stop there for a moment because there's people sure. listening who might have heard the term PCI compliance. And if it's happening to a record center in Minneapolis, it's about to happen to other people. So tell me a little bit in this moment, what is PCI compliance and why do we have to care about it? Oh, sure. It's the payment card industry uh, data security standards. And it is a federal set of standards that deals predominantly with credit cards and uh, credit card numbers. And if you take credit cards as payment, you now have to be PCI compliant. And there are various ranges of how many transactions a year, but the standards themselves are very, very good and solid standards. Mm -hmm. It's complicated though. So with electronic fund transfers and whether or not those fall under PCI, again, that's debatable, but electronic billing, that sort of thing that's going on, um, more and more 
of the record centers or RIM companies' clients are requiring their records management companies to be PCI compliant. Right. You store or we store, they store account numbers and credit card numbers and credit card receipts. Therefore, they want their off-site storage companies and scanning companies and shredding companies who know how to handle that information. It's not medical information. It's financial. So right. That just kind of falls under a whole different thing. But it's requiring a certification of some kind, or it's just an awareness of it. But you're saying he lost a client because he wasn't PCI compliant, but is it an external third-party certification that gives you that status, or how does that all transpire? Yes. Yeah, that's how that works. It's a, it's a, it's a certifiable thing. Uh, you can uh, get the education and obtain the certification and then – now you can provide your certification to these people. Wow. Okay. And that's done at a company level, not at necessarily a personal level. That's correct. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. All right. So if anybody's unaware of that, that's an important one because apparently it's already beginning to affect our industry. All right. So I took you off track there, but I think that was an important piece to sit on. So you're talking about, uh, you talked about the changes that are coming in high tech, uh, PCI as being something that is becoming more evident and is becoming a bigger issue that you see. Any other issues that you're seeing either starting to emerge, becoming more evident, uh, that you're getting questioned on more often? Uh, yeah, there's a few, Tom. Number one, I'm still doing a lot of work with RIM companies reviewing and recommending changes to the business associate agreements that they are receiving from their clients. I, I'm doing a lot of that uh, today yet. And one of the other things that I'm doing is handbook reviews and policy and procedure reviews because, once again, potential clients or clients that are, are, are now uh, trying to follow their end of what these laws require them to do are now requesting copies through the RFP process, interestingly enough, of, of their policies and procedures that they have to produce to prove to these people they know about HIPAA, they know how to protect this medical information. And, and all of this stuff is now kind of been implemented in their RFP process uh, while they're searching for companies that will help them. And unfortunately for, for companies, what that could do is if they're unable to produce that which they're being asked for, they're probably not going to get a seat at the final table yeah. to even talk to this potential client about how great their company and their services are. I see that happening all over. Yeah, what's interesting to me about that is I recall a number of years ago, seven, eight, nine years ago, I was doing what was called disaster recovery plans, but they were not the, the sort of official formal one. They were more the one that was to be used in the uh, RFP process when people were asking, do you have a disaster recovery plan? So it didn't go into the minutia, but it clearly created, it was a document that created an outline of what the process that they would engage in the event of a disaster. And what it sounds like to me is that our industry has to now start thinking about, based on what you just said, even our policy and procedure manuals have to be structured in order to show them to prospective clients, people who want to do business with us. And it has a marketing piece to it, although it doesn't look like it's not marketing really, but it has to be centered around, can we expose this stuff in a way that proves our understanding and knowledge, but is also you know, also not giving away the farm, I would suspect. So you're, you're, oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. 
Well, it just it seems to me like I think sometimes we miss those kind of things is is what does our internal policy and procedure manual look like and how does that then affect the ability to actually provide clients uh, proof that we know what the heck we're doing in, in your specific way as it relates to compliance. Uh, and, and you see that within a company's handbook and policy manual. Yes, absolutely. They want to know uh, what your policies and procedures are to protect specifically uh, protected health information. Well, a blanket policy and procedure that doesn't say HIPAA or refer to certain uh, parts of HIPAA in the Code of Federal Regulations, a blanket one's not going to cover that. They want to see HIPAA. They want to see high tech in your policies and procedures. Wow. And again, I know of many companies that have not gotten business because they don't have that in theirs. Really? And that's why I'm seeing more and more of these, I think. Wow, that's very interesting. Yeah. And this is all over the nation. It, hmm. You know, there's not a, it's not segmented by a geography. It's, it's coming into me from all over the place. Wow. So you also mentioned reviewing business associate agreements. And what's the issue there? Is it more just to make sure a, a hospital might provide a business associate agreement? Is it more just making sure that you don't give away the farm uh, in terms of the, what you sign off on? Or is it more just an awareness of what's there so that you're not missing something? What What's the purpose of making sure your business associate agreement is sound? Because it seems like there's a whole bunch of fuzziness around that thing, too. Oh, yeah, there is. Largely, it's liability, Tom. And, and that is either a dollar figure that, that your client wants you to assume a risk up to. Uh, some of the notification clauses that these things contain are absolutely ridiculous. They, they are not contained in any state or federal law. And, and again, there are state laws that come into play in these agreements as well as federal law. And some of them really want you, as the records management company, to notify them every time some little mistake happens, regardless of whether it's a breach or not. Well, I always request that these people take that out of there and just put breach. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Hmm. The liability, the amount, the dollar amount of the liability that these things contain can be absolutely mind-boggling. Wow. And at some point, there have been... A number of occasions I can recall instantly where a business decision had to be made whether or not to either keep this client as a client or accept this potential new client as a client simply based on that dollar value. Wow. And the, the, when someone asks you for $2 million worth of liability for any kind of security incident, which they define, you don't define that uh, typically, you have to understand that you are potentially on the hook for as much as they want to tell you that you have to pay them. So you have to be very careful with the wording. Now, I'm not an attorney, so these things that I review, none of it is, is legal advice. It, I work cheaper than attorneys do, but I look at it from the record management company angle and how we did things at Kent Record Management and the success we had simply by requesting uh, some specific changes. So. Uh, then they would take that document to their attorney and say, here's what we will, are willing to do with this. And sometimes people have said, no, uh, we're not going to assume that risk because the potential client or the existing client was just totally unreasonable in their amount of liability they wanted to assign to the record center. So they had to, and they've literally turned away business. Wow. 
Wow, very interesting. And it's becoming more of an issue, especially if you're going to uh, serve or service or have contractual agreements with anyone in the medical profession in any way, shape, or form. These things are part of the game now, and you've got to be up yes, to date. You've got to be exceptionally savvy about how you understand contracts, uh, business associate agreements, your own handbook policies and procedures. That, that to me, is such an interesting piece. And uh, to me, I'm, I'm so glad you said that one because it, it forces all of us to go back and go, what, what are our policies and procedures? What are the things that we need to do? What are the things that we need to be aware of so that we're not making stupid mistakes? Right. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And uh, one of the things that high tech is, is going to contain is more restrictions, more expectations on the business associate agreement hmm. or on the business associate. I'm sorry. And those lines that, that were pretty clear in the sand that differentiated the, the business associate, which is the records management company, from the client, the covered entity, those lines are severely uh, getting more blurred. And the records management company is to a point where it almost has to abide by the same rules as the hospital does, if that's if that's the covered entity client that you have. Right. Yet we don't know what those rules are. More pressure, more liabilities are falling on the business associate. So that again, that's just a game changer again. So it speaks back again to be highly aware of this stuff. Be on top of it. Don't let it become sort of second secondary. So one of the questions that that leads me to is it. Uh, if you were to sort of in a, a scale, is it more important that ultimately I think they're both important, but is it more important to make sure your contracts and those kind of things are in order or is it more important to make sure your staff are in order? And I know they're both on the scale, but going into 2013, if if I were to press you on it and said, where should you spend the more critical time this year at least early in the year is it around making sure your your business agreements and those kind of things those things are in order or i still know that without question you got to have staff that understand this stuff but if you were to answer that question as as objectively as possible and i know that's hard to do but it's you know what what are you thinking contracts and agreements hands down okay because that can dictate uh, whether or not you keep clients you already have or get new clients that are in the medical industry or, or, or some other industry. But without those clients, you really don't have a staff problem because you don't have the work. So I, I think at the end of the day, uh, starting with and focusing on agreements and contracts is absolutely the primary thing. And then, of course, education you know, for you and your staff. Right. Oh, that's great. So going back over the last year and maybe where you are right now, and I know you're in a new venture, but going back over the last year, what's the, the best thing you've learned about compliance or the ability to be compliant? What's the thing that you feel like was a game changer for you in 2012? I saw a whole lot of record centers and shredders and scanning companies become more compliant and have a desire uh, to become more compliant. And that doesn't necessarily mean I, I trained more people or I trained at more facilities. It just means the interest seems to have really increased in, hey, how do I how do I do this? What do I have to do? Um, we want to be compliant. Where do we start? Yeah. There, there's a tremendously increase of interest. So, yeah. I, and I think that was huge last year. 
because that wasn't there in uh, 2010 or 11. Yeah. Uh, not as much. Good. All right. So I'm going to go at this question a slightly different way. What did you learn? If, if I had to say that the biggest learning piece that you got last year, what, what's the thing that, that was important in terms of something new that you took in that you are now sharing, obviously, but what was, what was an important piece that you gained last year that, that has made, you know, your life better, gives you more value to your, your clients and the people you work with? Well, that's a tough one. Um, man, um, it's hard because you live in it every day. So I, I understand that's a hard question. I'm not sure I'd know how to answer it. Maybe, maybe I would. Um, but it's it's <laughs> a uh, – yeah, it's one of those things that I, I wonder because, you, because you're immersed in it, you probably have opportunities that something comes along and you go, oh, man, I just can't wait to share this with people. That This is a game changer. This is this is something. And, it, I mean, I, I love some of the stuff you've already said, that whole handbook policy thing, uh, procedures, PCI compliance coming uh, those things are all sure. big, and and so I don't I don't want to belabor the question. I guess more importantly, it's there's big things that all of us in this industry need to focus on, and all of us need to um, to really take to heart and figure out how they affect our business. Oh yeah, that's right. And and I don't know. One of the things is is I guess would have to be just the importance of uh, privacy and security of information. Period. Whether it's medical or financial or whatever it is. Uh, this is a global, a huge global problem. This isn't a record center problem or a shredder problem or a scanner problem. It is a, it's a global problem. And, and um, you can pick up any newspaper pretty much uh, any day of the week, and there is something in there about information or privacy practices or breaches or stolen laptops or whatever the case may be. And, and it's to the point where, geez, I see those, and I don't even want to read them anymore. I just want to turn the page. Um, yeah. it's not going away. It's only getting worse. And at the rate, uh, the human race is, is creating information. It's just, it's critical yeah. that, that, uh, people understand this is a global thing. It's not a records management thing. Yeah. Well, this has been extremely helpful, Tom. I, I am uh, deeply appreciative every time you come on because I, I know that, that uh, you know, I, I have you back on a regular basis, but these are the kind of things we have to be reminded of. These are the kind of things that if we forget them, it could cost us dearly. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm really grateful for your willingness to take some time and share this with us this morning. And I, I'm excited for what you're going to be doing in 2013. So where can people find you if they need to find you? Uh, just go to the uh, the good old uh, www.thehippaman.com. Uh, com, And that's uh, two that's A's, correct. not two P's. Why do people use two P's? I guess it sounds like hippo or something. It's hippo. I, I don't know. I just contacted. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, sent an email to a record center earlier uh, this week because on their website, they, they claim to be HIPAA compliant, but they spelled it with two P's. And I went, ugh. It, it's an easy. It's an easy mistake to make. I find myself making it regularly, even as I'm writing, and I know not to. But I I write H I P P P P A instead of H I P A A. But <clears throat> yeah. not not the hugest yeah, issue. Go but to my website. yeah, okay. So hippaman the hippaman dot com, and yep, uh, or we'll, T Dumez. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll oh, put. I'm sorry, uh, T. Dumez at the Hippo Man. Okay, that's com. your email address, and we'll put we'll put your connecting details on the website. Please. But Tom, it's been a pleasure to have you again on the show. I appreciate the the information you've shared. I appreciate uh, your wisdom and knowledge, and uh, more than that, I wish you an incredible 2013. I'm excited to to watch what happens in the, the new hippoman.com world. So uh, have a good one. Thanks for being with us today, and we'll talk soon. All right, brother. Tom, it's all—it's always my pleasure to be on your show, and uh, thanks for all your encouragement and uh, kind words uh, uh, over the years. All right, cheers. Well, there you go, Tom Dumez. I—I uh, I gotta say that was extremely helpful and i i live and breathe this industry like you do but man i i love getting reminded of really critical stuff and uh, pci compliance high-tech changes that are coming uh your handbook policy and procedure i i know i keep bringing that up but man that's important stuff and i i hope that just by listening today you got reminded in 2013 how important it is to make sure you've got that looked after so thanks to tom dumas for being on the show today and uh you can check out links to him on the website, uh, rimproreport.com. I also want to thank you for being here. We're, we're excited about what we're going to be doing on the show in 2013. Lots of cool stuff coming your way. Uh, we're, we're booking some great guests for you. And so keep keep up to date. And please feel free to share this with other people. Uh, just go to rimproreport.com website and you can actually, they can subscribe. And so they can get the email every week that lets them know what's going on in the show. Thanks again to our good friends at O'Neill software who support the show with their exclusive sponsorship. What I know is that O'Neill makes great software for this industry and they spend a ton of money on development. So behind the scenes, while your software is doing its thing behind the scenes, they're thinking about the future and planning it and and really ultimately leading the industry in the development of software that makes sense to what we do every day in this world. So uh, I think it's important for you to be aware of them and know about them. And if you're getting into this business, uh, if you're struggling with what you're currently doing, then it's definitely worth taking a look at them and you can do that at o'neillsoft.com that's it for us we are out of here have yourself a great week we'll be back next week with another great show for you see ya bye thanks for joining us on the rim pro report with tom adams if you enjoyed the show please tell others our website is www.rimproreport.com this broadcast is produced and hosted by flourish press inc join us again soon